It was a Saturday in December about five years ago. My wife had finally convinced me that we need to put up the Christmas tree. Felt like she'd been asking since Labor Day weekend, but nonetheless, I relented and we decided, let's go get a tree. And so we piled the kids into our vehicle and we headed off to the wilderness to find the perfect tree. Now by wilderness, I mean the Superstore parking lot. We found our tree, we put it on the vehicle and we headed back to our house to decorate. As we trimmed the tree over the next hour or two, we had the movie Elf playing in the background. You know, the Will Ferrell movie, the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Santa, I know him, that one. And so it was playing in the background while we were decorating and, and we just had the best time. And so what happened was the next year, around the same time, the same pattern unfolded. The family piles into the car, we go and find our tree and we put it on the vehicle and we head back to the house and we start to decorate and we turned on Elf. And then we did it again the year after that, and the year after that, and just like that, a tradition was born. Now we don't decorate our tree without the company of Elf running in the background. Out of nowhere, Elf, while decorating our tree, became a tradition for Melanie and the kids and I. Traditions have a way of sneaking up on us, don't they? One year, you may not even remember when it started, you had a fond experience, and in it, you did something that began to forever be associated with the best parts of Christmas became a tradition. You didn't plan it, you didn't design it, it just appeared. Almost out of nowhere, traditions become these rules that we establish in our lives that help us savor that which we love and enjoy the most year after year. For most of us, Christmas isn't Christmas without our traditions. They're central to all that we love about the season. They may vary from family to family, person to person, but one thing is abundantly clear. We all have traditions. I think one of the reasons we all have traditions is that they serve as a mechanism, a pattern, a tool that we use to help us recreate or hang on to certain feelings or the essence of what we experienced, those we love, things we enjoy and value, what really matters to us. Traditions are almost authoritative. They're the rules, they're the legislation residing and presiding over certain times or seasons together. Traditions are things that are in our power that we actually can mandate and decree and rule in an effort to establish certain feelings in our world. We use traditions to help capture feelings and moments and things that we love that we realize, as much as we don't want to think about it, always run the risk of slipping away. Over time, things evolve and change and transform until they're no longer there. And I think this is why our traditions have almost a sacred power to us. They're connected to that and those we love the most. Like so many of you, I've been fortunate enough to be part of a strong and healthy extended family. The Christmases of my childhood right up to this very day have never come without some type of annual Saunders family, which is my mother's side, gatherings. When I was a kid, my entire family would all descend upon this house, my grandmother's house, here in Marysville and Fredericton. And if you can picture it, two grandparents, at times great-grandparents, great-aunts and uncles, my mom, my dad, my mom's four siblings and their spouses, and then 12 grandkids all descending upon this home to have lobster stew on Christmas Eve and pizza. I'm not sure why pizza, but it was a tradition. And then we'd open a gift, we'd go to church, we'd sometimes come back here after church even, and then again, Christmas Day, we'd be here for more food and more presents all together. Some of the warmest and fondest and happiest times of my life happened right here in this house with my grandparents and my aunts and uncles and cousins, my brother and sister and parents. 
This house was a, a castle of sorts, and inside these walls at Christmas time, our family ruled the day with love and acceptance and comfort and joy and laughter and gifts and food. We were kings and queens and princes and princesses enjoying our own sovereign rule. But like all traditions, they can only last in that form for so long. Eventually for my family, time happens and things start to change and evolve. And I found even in the strongest families, it's no match for the things that can just happen over time. First, in our family, some of our cousins began to get older. They brought boyfriends or girlfriends, or maybe they just didn't show up because they went out and did other things. And, and then one of my aunts and uncles moved to the States and their family was no longer as present as consistently. And then we had another cousin move out West. And all of a sudden, our, our family is starting to morph and evolve. Again, it's not, it's not bad, but it's different. My grandparents started to age. My great-grandfather passed away. And, Kids began to grow up and started having their own marriages and started having their own children. And this is just how life works. Things happen and you go through the ups and downs and the ins and outs of life to where over time, there are forces in this world that begin to kind of impose its will on even the strongest traditions and the healthiest families. These kingdoms that we try to establish, they're just not powerful enough to endure forever, are they? There are kingdoms and powers and forces in this world that eventually will win out over time. Things have changed. My grandfather doesn't any longer sit in his throne as the kids play around him here in the house. He's since gone to heaven. We no longer all fit in this house here in Marysville. Many of my cousins have moved away or have their own families now and balancing their own traditions. Change is hard, loss is hard, which is what I think makes Christmas bittersweet sometimes. But yet, my family still gets together every Christmas, and it's a wonderful time. We, it's a tradition. We enjoy one another. We eat lobster chowder, and we have pizza. Again, I don't know why. We continue to celebrate with the traditions that have endured for decades now. But things are different, too, in some wonderful ways and in some painful ways. The kids have grown up and have their own kids now, which is awesome. The parents are now grandparents, and my grandmother is a healthy great-grandmother who has 19 great-grandkids. Christmas is still one of the most wonderful times of the year for our family. But the older I get, the more I realize that even the strongest traditions in the strongest families with the most powerful, powerful relationships just are no match for certain powers in this life. No tradition is strong enough to grip or hang on to the moments and the feelings that we cherish, the laughter, the joy of loved ones forever. If we could, we would. But the reality is, there are powers much greater than our traditions. Our loved ones, our love for one another, our families, our desires, our hopes, they eventually are overruled over time. Traditions come and they go. These kingdoms and rules we set up, they have an end. Our rule and reign eventually gets overruled by greater powers and forces. We can be overruled by economic pressures. Maybe some Christmases you can't afford to do it the way you used to. We can be overruled by the presence or the absence of people we love. Maybe there was a marriage or a new baby or a death or a divorce. Our traditions can be overruled by relational dynamics. Maybe something happened between you and someone you love. Sometimes we're overruled by illness or overruled by loss. There are powers and authorities in this world that over time usurp us. Our traditions have limits. Our kingdoms have limits. Our lives have limits. They have an end. All of our kingdoms have an end. We all know it. We all feel it.
Now, before you get up and leave, like, wow, what a real pick-me-up. I appreciate it, Brent. Now, just hang on. I want you, just for a minute, to be aware of the, the temporary, fleeting, non-enduring, insufficient reality of the rule and reign, the traditions of our lives. Because it's on this backdrop, the backdrop of the rise and fall of kingdoms and traditions and rulers and powers, that the Christmas story bursts forth. What if I told you that the real meaning of Christmas and the reason it's such incredible news is that it speaks of a power, of a kingdom that is greater than any other. Not just greater than our own little kingdoms and traditions, but greater even than the forces, those dark forces in this world that eventually tear away at our joy and our peace, our very lives. I have really good news for you today, especially those of you who are dealing with increasing darkness this Christmas. Maybe you're in the place where you're coming to grips with the fact that your rule and your reign, your desires, your dominion, your kingdom, your way has its limits. The message of Christmas is about a kingdom that has come that brings more joy than a million Christmas mornings, more happiness, more imagination and laughter than all the toys and presents from every Christmas, past, present, or future combined, more comfort than the strongest family, more future hope than the life of a newborn baby. More peace than the most perfect Christmas Eve when all the kids are asleep in bed and everyone's happy and healthy. The Christmas story is about a kingdom of life, joy, peace, comfort, hope, love, glory, meaning, purpose, happiness, power, and prosperity that never ends. It just keeps going and growing. There is a king whose kingdom is good and whose rule is without end. In the book of Isaiah, he wrote of a day to come where God would establish his kingdom through a king. This kingdom would be a kingdom to rule over all kingdoms, and this king, a king that would rule over all kings. Isaiah said in chapter nine, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressors. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and his peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isaiah was speaking of an event that was gonna take place in Bethlehem some 700 years after he penned these words long after the glory and the strength of Israel had departed and waned, traditions that had once held so strong had faded. The people of God had been covered in darkness from the oppressive powers of Rome. Humanity covered in darkness, seven centuries of dealing with the powers of injustice, poverty, pain, heartache, heartbreak, sickness, depression, anxiety, disease, despair, bondage, even death itself. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. He was speaking of Jesus, born in Bethlehem, born to bring light that overwhelms darkness,
peace that overwhelms and overrules the chaos, glory that overrides our shame, forgiveness that overpays our debt, power that overwhelms all other powers, joy that overwhelms mourning, life that overwhelms death. Christmas is the inauguration of a king and his kingdom that rules without rival, and his government, his peace, joy, glory, love, and life will never, ever end.